Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. It's a growing movement aiming to address the perception of racial bias when it comes to housing. The U.S. has a history of racial division, dating back to the days of slavery and segregation. Those practices were outlawed in 1917 when the U.S. Supreme Court deemed the practices as contravening the law. The law was further strengthened in 1964 with the Civil Rights Bill that was signed by Lyndon Johnson. The practice of designating certain neighborhoods as white-only or black-only clearly violates every moral, ethical, and legal principle in a free and modern society. To be clear, our society has made huge strides since those days, and at the same time, it's also clear that racial inequality still exists on multiple levels. The question remains whether certain newer regulations have the unintended consequence of discriminating against racial groups. The city of Minneapolis has tackled this question with respect to the zoning code. The argument is that a high proportion of dark-skinned people are tenants in Minneapolis, and a high proportion of light-skinned people are homeowners. Therefore, it could be argued that the zoning code that limits certain zones to single-family homes that are predominantly owner-occupied has the same effect as racial segregation, even if that was not the intent of the regulation. In response, the city decided to eliminate the single-family home designation in the zoning code. In fact, a number of states and the Department of Housing and Urban Development have started to tackle the question as to whether zoning is exclusionary. The city of Minneapolis designated 70% of the land area in the city for single-family homes, when in fact 50% of the city's residents are tenants. That had the effect of pushing prices up and creating a shortage of rental housing. Over an eight-year period from 2010, the city added 64,000 units of new housing, and at the same time, the city added 83,000 additional households. That shortfall had the effect of pushing prices up and hampering affordability. 25% of the city's households spend more than 30% of their monthly income on housing. Those households are said to be housing cost burdened. In 2019, the city enacted a plan to eliminate the single-family home zoning altogether as part of their Minneapolis 2040 plan. The multi-part plan would allow for the loosening of zoning restrictions in a somewhat controlled manner. They didn't just eliminate single-family zoning. They included four other reforms. First, they allowed for more housing density near transit stops by allowing construction of three- to six-story buildings in those locations. They raised the height restriction. Second, the policy eliminated off-street minimum parking requirements. Third, the package included a plan for inclusionary zoning that requires new apartment developments to set aside 10% of its units for moderate-income households. And finally, the city increased their funding for affordable housing. The approach seems both balanced and positive. As a developer, the creation of more opportunity for high-density development within the core of a city is a positive step. This could be one of those rare moments where there's consensus on what might be a politically charged or perhaps a racially charged topic. Developers welcome a more relaxed regulatory environment. Homeowners and tenants grappling with affordability would welcome the move as well. Curiously, some cities like Philadelphia have gone in the opposite direction. The city's moved to reduce the areas in the city which are zoned for multifamily development. Of personally owned property in the city that had its zoning arbitrarily changed from residential multifamily to residential single family. Those properties that are zoned multifamily are arguably more valuable because you could build higher density. If you look at cities like Houston, which has no zoning code whatsoever, the city functions without a problem. Market forces and practical considerations like traffic and utilities provide the broad constraints. Unless a property has a deed restriction specific to the property, you could build a warehouse, a single-family home, a school, or an office building. The city has assumed that common sense will prevail 
and the free market will determine whether a project will succeed in a specific location or not. When you look at the work of almost any municipal government, if you take the time to read the minutes of the city council meetings or watch the video replay of the meetings, you'll find that more than 90% of the work of local government is tied up in land use. The amount of resource that's frankly wasted in bureaucratic red tape is astounding. Some residents will argue that maintaining the historic nature of some areas of the city can only be done with the protection of strict regulation. No doubt, cities all over the world will be looking at Minneapolis to see how their changes affect future land use policy. A change in zoning regulations has the potential to change the supply-demand balance dynamics within a city, and this one factor can do more to determine the long-term viability of a new multifamily project than most people recognize. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.